This episode is sponsored by Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about Anchor, um, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and Ashley and I can definitely personally vouch for this. First of all, it saves you a bunch of time, so we don't really talk about this, but Ashley and I both have full-time jobs, and we don't really live close by each other, so we just get together once a week, every week, and talk about our podcast, and Anchor.fm helps us a lot to get everything out there and ready to go for you all to listen to with not a lot of time needed. So first of all, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. There are also creation tools right in Anchor that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or from your computer. Also, Anchor is free. And even though you don't have to pay any money, it actually allows you to make money from your own podcast, even without a minimum number of listeners. It's everything you could possibly need to make a podcast for free in one place. So if you can't already tell, we both love Anchor. And if you're interested in starting a podcast of your own, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, listeners, and welcome to Above the Wing, a podcast to bring together all aspects of the aviation community, including engineers, journalists, mechanics, pilots, and even casual hobbyists. I'm your co-host, Kim. And I'm your co-host, Ashley. We'll talk about all things aviation, from current events to new products and airplanes to industry trends and everything in between. Taking a look at our first in the news article this week, almost 15,000 ghost flights have left the UK since the pandemic began. Ghost flights are defined as those with no passengers or less than 10% of passenger capacities on the aircraft. German airline Lufthansa recently warned it would have to fly 18,000 unnecessary flights by March to keep its landing slots at nearby airports. Under current rules, airlines lose their valuable slots if they're not sufficiently used. However, some data says that during the COVID era, that rule was suspended, yet almost 15,000 ghost flights were still flown. So, you know, this this article sort of begs the question, you know, why are they still flying these flights if, you know, data is showing that they weren't, they didn't have to? Um, And then it also becomes, you know, such a climate issue too, like, uh, you know, flying these massive airliners is obviously not the best for the climate. Um, so it, it begs just another concern there as well. Um, so hopefully this, as the pandemic lessens, it, it gets better, but um, definitely not great news. Yeah, this isn't the first time I've heard of this either. I feel like this is such a weird gray area um, that appeared exclusively because of COVID. Um, so yeah. Like you said, I hope this gets resolved soon because we definitely don't want to be wasting time and fuel. Hmm. Moving on to our next headline, Lockheed Martin scraps a $4.4 billion deal to buy Aerojet Rocketdyne amid regulatory roadblocks. The FTC or the Federal Trade Commission sued to block the deal. The FTC said that they feared the deal would allow Lockheed to use use its control of Aerojet to hurt other defense contractors. When the deal was originally announced in late 2020, critics said that the merger would give Lockheed a dominant position over solid fuel rocket motors, which is a vital piece of the U.S. missile industry. The Lockheed Martin chief executive said that the acquisition would have improved efficiency and cut costs for the U.S. government, but terminating the agreement was in its stakeholders' best interest. Aerojet Rocketdyne said in a separate statement that it still expects strong future performance, despite the fact that the merger was called off. 
So I feel like this merger was very controversial from the beginning. And I am glad that the FTC uh, stepped in just to make sure all was well. I think this was the right decision on behalf of Lockheed Martin and Aerojet Rocket Time. Yeah, I agree. It definitely sounds like they uh, they came to a good end all for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, a Chinese ship allegedly used a military-grade laser to illuminate a Australian P-8A aircraft. It is currently unclear what type of laser device was used, though it could have been an onboard laser designated or a laser rangefinder. Now, while the use of lasers are unlikely to cause damage physically to an aircraft, the intensity of the beam could distract the pilots or even cause injury to their eyes. Um, I think a couple episodes back, um, I covered a news article about this happening in the, you know, the GA world. And it's like really scary to see this happening, um, like on the, you know, on the military side of things, especially military grade lasers. So that was definitely some, some scary news. And it sounds like they're taking legal action to sort of make it right. So hopefully that turns out okay. Yeah, I think so too. And I think this is like, even like, this is more, uh, extreme i feel like than physical damage because mm. like if a plane gets damaged then that plane can be rebuilt right but right if a pilot gets becomes blind from a laser hitting their eyes then they will never be able to fly again so hopefully like you said this gets resolved as well yeah it's a good point Moving on to our last headline, all Singapore airline flights will use SAF from quarter three. Blended SAF or sustainable aviation fuel will be provided by ExxonMobil. In one year, Singapore Airlines expects to reduce 2,500 tons of carbon dioxide emissions. Blended SAF will include unmixed SAF supplied by Nesti from used cooking oil and waste animal fats. Exxon will then blend the unmixed SAF with refined jet fuel. And Singapore Airlines is committed to achieving net zero carbon emissions by 2050. This is definitely, I think, uh, an uplifting story after we talked about (laughs) the ghost flights in the UK. So I'm excited for this new partnership between Singapore Airlines, ExxonMobil, and Nesty. Yeah, this is pretty cool to see. I feel like this is one of the, you know, earlier timelines that we're seeing of all this, um, Mm -hmm. you know, staff news. So it's pretty, pretty cool to see. Yep. And Nesty was one of the companies that we mentioned in our SAF episode too. So I'm mm. glad that they're getting traction in the headlines as well. For sure. All right. Moving on to the bulk of our episode. Today we have a little bit of a fun episode, I feel like. Um, previously, we covered the Summer Olympics. We talked about uh, how horses fly. Today we'll be talking <laughs> about the Winter Olympics instead. And upon research, Ashley and I found that there's quite a bit of aerodynamics in the Winter Olympics. Um, so we thought it would be a good opportunity for us to kind of a deep dive into it. This episode uh, tickles my fancy a little bit because I work in uh, aerodynamics and fluid dynamics and thermodynamics and a lot of these things are considered when they are implemented into sports performance. I feel like a concrete example for our listeners to visualize this is a swimmer. So when a swimmer dives, um, usually when you see like professional swimmers, they put their hands over their body to create a streamline. And that's actually what it's called in swimming, which I think is very accurate because they create what's called a streamlined bodies. So they make themselves very smooth and 
they have a point at the end so that they don't disrupt the fluid flow essentially so that they can kind of flow easily through the pool. Um, so this is similar to like an airplane wing um, or even like the nose of an airplane. It would be detrimental to aircraft performance if a plane had a flat nose. It looked kind of funky, right? Not only does it not look nice, it doesn't definitely is not functional. So when swimmers go into a streamlined form, they do something similar. And this is kind of where we draw the difference here, right? So swimmers are able to create a streamlined body when they dive into the water. But here we'll talk specifically about speed skaters. Speed skaters can't really do that because they're you know, their feet are anchored on the ice and that makes them blunt bodies, which means that they end abruptly in a flat surface. Um, so for example, think school bus versus airplane. That's kind of how a swimmer in a pool is compared to a speed skater. So mm. how do you mitigate this, right? Like how can speed skaters make them make themselves as aerodynamic as possible? So first of all, they try their best to achieve a streamlined shape by bending over. That kind of creates that like smooth shape, but they can only do that to a certain degree because like I said earlier, they have to stand on the ice. <laughs> so that kind of interrupts the flow as they're skating through. This introduces an inevitable pressure drag. So here comes the cool technology stuff. There's a lot of sports apparel companies that put a lot of money and research into making super fancy uniforms. They try and figure out the best materials to use, like where these materials should be placed and stuff to make sure that um, the athlete is as aerodynamic as possible. There's two types of flow. There's turbulent flow and there's laminar flow. Turbulent is exactly as it seems. It's turbulent, so the flow near the surface of a body will fluctuate, and that causes a much higher skin friction drag. And then there's laminar flow, which happens at low speeds, and it's smooth and steady. So the difference, the main difference between these two flows in terms of speed skating is that flow separates more easily when it is laminar. So what these companies have did is that they've tried to induce turbulent flow around the athlete's body to prevent the flow from splitting and create a pressure drag. You can see like on some uniforms, they have these like dimple features to induce turbulent flow to reduce separation in the flow and pressure drag. So Lockheed Martin and Under Armour actually had this collaboration for the 2018 Olympics. So in 2017, they came out with this super crazy looking uniform <laughs> and they did, they like pulled out all the stops. They did a computation of fluid dynamics. They stuck these, like these suits in the wind tunnel. Like they literally did everything that like an aerospace company would do, but they used it for Olympic uniforms. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. It's also so cool to see that, you know, an under- under Armour, instead of like doing their own research or something, which I'm sure obviously they did, but they consulted like, you know, Lockheed, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, like they like went to the experts literally in, in this stuff, even though it's a completely different like field than what, you know, Under Armour knows. Um, it's just like, I think cool to see that, that sort of collab between them. Yeah. And I think that relates to why I think aerospace is so cool 
it's so advanced, but at the same time, a lot of these advanced concepts can be applied to a lot of different places. For example, like fluid dynamics for aerospace was applied to uniforms for speed skaters. Like, I feel like that's not something you would really think about right off the bat when you think of the aerospace industry, right? But they're like, they're, they're so innovative in so many things that they do. And because of that, they're able to contribute other ways to society that isn't just like aerospace and defense. Exactly. So much of the, um, you know, technology and, and ideas behind it uh, lends hands to, you know, other things like this that you don't typically think about. Yeah. And it helps that um, a lot of the stuff in aerospace is kind of like overkill for everyday life, if that makes <laughs> sense. So like the findings can easily be like simplified and applied to other stuff. Right. Well, so those suits came out in the 2018 Olympics and looking at the just recently ended 22 Olympics, the innovation, you know, around this stuff really continued. Um, A Chinese quartet, one example, won gold in the 2000 meter relay at the Beijing Winter Olympics and their research team included uh, Mr. Qi Peng, who once studied air vehicles. Qi is also the science director of China's national speed skating team. And during practice, his team collected data via multiple sensors based on the athlete's movements, muscle strength, and details involving their skate blades. And during one practice, it occurred to Key that the route planning algorithm of, you know, commonly used in aircraft can also be used to help design optimal glide routes for skaters. So that's insane. I know a function that he focused on, isn't it? Yeah. Like it makes so much sense. Like when you think about planning of glide paths like in aviation mm-hmm. like that are used every day by like everyday pilots now like that's like everyday technology mm-hmm. like is now used for these skaters so he built a model for each individual skater uh that would include their gliding routes thrust power balance and swerve control um so like i said these were custom to each skater based on their height their typical gliding postures muscle energy consumptions angles of their arm swings and leg kicks that they would like do during their like you know their runs um and then he was able to reduce optimal plans for their energy distribution so thanks to all of this he was able to achieve a 10 percent increase in speed during each typical skating race that's insane that's literally insane (laughs) so that's crazy that he like he literally was like sure you guys could just be like practicing and getting better but let me like actually get you guys the numbers on this stuff. Like, it's just really crazy it's really cool he also brought to the skating rink which i think is really incredible a mini turbo fan engine and this is a type of air breathing jet engine widely used in aircraft propulsion so the turbo fan engine provides thrust to the skater who like wears it on his back essentially like a backpack And during, so, you know, some background on this, during training, skaters tend to slow down involuntarily when they're gliding at high speeds, and this prevents them from grasping the speeds at at hyper velocity. So this boost from the turbofan engine allows them to grasp how to control their body at top speeds. So this is more practice for them based on, you know, from the the energy that they're getting from this, this thrust. So yeah, I mean, this this technology as well has been used in in alpine skiing now, half pipe skiing and freestyle skiing based on Key's sort of light bulb moment uh, <laughs> during practice practice with these people. 
He said, quote, I am proud that I can play a part in the training of our country's athletes for the Beijing Winter Olympics, especially when I'm inspired by aviation technology. So he definitely, this guy definitely knows what he's doing when it comes to, uh, you know, all the the crazy science behind this stuff. Um, I thought that was just a really, really neat example of how, like, he really put a pen to paper with this stuff and, and like, figured it out for these, for these athletes. I cannot believe, first of all, that China's national speed skating team has a science director, too. Right. It shows how committed they are. Yeah, no, they really are. They truly are. And like, he really thought of every single tiny detail Mm -hmm. that would contribute to their performance and thought exactly how to optimize it. Like this guy is the engineer of all engineers. Like I want to be this guy when I grow up. It's so cool. Like, like I can only imagine, right? Like, like you go through it and it's like, okay, so he did all the calculations and he gave everyone their optimal routes and Sure, they got a 10% increase, but he took it a step further after that too. Like he noticed that they would slow down once they were gliding at high speeds, um, stuff like that. And then he saw that problem and, you know, created a solution for that as well. Um, there's just so many like different aspects here that that really changed the <laughs> the world of speed skating, I guess. Yeah. I kind of want to I kind of want to wear a turbo fan on my bed. That sounds kind of fun. <laughs> Just like walking around every day. Like. I feel like it would be so, it might be more useful for you, Ashley. Can you imagine just your everyday commute to work? <laughs> like seriously, walking around the city, like people would be like, people would be jealous. I'd be like, oh yeah, like I need Yeah, one like all you need is like rollerblades and this on your back. And oh my God, the I know. world would be yeah. yours to conquer. I would be unstoppable. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> That's awesome. But again, I love his quote at the end. He said, especially when I'm inspired by aviation technology, that warmed my heart. I know. That's so awesome. Yeah. I always love it when people bring their previous industry experience in the aerospace industry Mm -hmm. to other places. I I think it's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. And now moving into our featured photos segment and a reminder that you can see the photos that we're referencing on our Instagram story highlights at, at above the wing dot podcast. Kim, do you want to show us your photo? Yeah. So I picked up a photo of the LAX aviation maintenance technical crew chief, David Mansker. He's examining a Boeing 787. And I always love these pictures because I think it's very cool when you can see the inside of the aircraft. And when you see like a maintenance guy standing by it, you really see the scale of like the airplane and the internal parts of the airplane and everything. Um, Another cool thing is that like, okay, well, first of all, I was drawn into this photo because it was just a cool photo. But when I actually clicked on the article, it, it got even better. So it's basically just this guy talking about how cool being an aviation tech is. And it's the title of the article is sharing the love of aviation. So this whole article is to kind of like give more exposure to careers in aviation. Mm-hmm. And like this guy, David, he conducts outreach to at-risk, at-risk youth and underrepresented communities who aren't exposed to like different fields like aerospace and aviation so i love it um like these people who go out to schools and talk about um fields to kids like that warms my heart because that's like the reason i'm an engineering because i had people like that when i was a kid so 
Thanks, David, for all that you do. You're a pretty cool guy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This definitely does showcase the uh, the lesser known and lesser talked about side of aviation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's awesome to see that getting some recognition. Moving on to my photo, uh, it is Joby Aviation's, um, you know, just another cool photo coming out of them, of course, like nothing, I wouldn't expect anything else from that. Agreed. It is their second electric vertical lift test prototype, and here it is pictured in cruise mode, and it's got its propellers facing forward, which is a pretty cool angle to see them at, and it's got small LED lights attached to some of its blade tips. Um, so this long exposure image was created with them, um, you know, spinning with the LED lights on. Um, and it's, you know, you can tell it's out in some eerie, you know, it's tough to tell if, if it's actually out on an airfield or, um, you know, in their testing facilities maybe or something. But I think like the scale of it just looks so much larger too than I than I sort of originally imagined. Maybe it's just the, the light sort of throwing me off, but um I don't know. I thought this was it was cool to really start to seeing this stuff come together in in photos. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like the previous photos we've seen have been mock-ups of it flying, but seeing right. a photo of it like actually sitting on the ground like really puts things into perspective. The propellers look a lot bigger than I thought they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They do. So much bigger, which is cool. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you want more Above the Wing podcast, you can check us out on Instagram at abovethewing.podcast. Thanks for listening.